but you know, there's there's things I miss. Like today, I I went to go and play tennis, and um, in literally every jacket and every coat pocket I've got, there's a poop bag. Hi, I'm Michelle. A random meeting in the street with my fabulous friendly neighbour Liz resulted in the creation of this podcast. Finding ourselves at the same stage of life, we've got to know each other over cups of tea and maybe something stronger on my sofa. With seven kids and stepkids between us, we've been around the block a bit and are now redefining ourselves in midlife as empty nesters. Join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. Hi, and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Liz. And I'm Michelle. Now, today's episode is, um, I guess, an unusual one for us. We're not quite as jolly. What we're going to be discussing could affect quite a few of you who have got pets in your family. So I'm going to let Michelle explain what's happened. Um, it's going to be a bit of an emotional ride, and let's see how we get on. Triggering me already. Yes, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Tears are welling up. Uh, yeah, so um, I don't know if any of you saw the reel. Um, we are midlife women, after all. We hardly ever watch <laughs> or look at Instagram. But anyway... Um, my little dog Maisie has gone to doggy heaven and I'm really sad about it. And we just realised that it's probably best to talk about it because as midlife women, as we approach empty nest, I really feel like it's like I'm a proper empty nest and now my kids have gone and my two dogs have now gone. Do you know, when I came around here this morning, it was it was no little waggy tail, no little bark. I miss her face at the window. Every, like, there's so many things. Like, I, I drive in and my eyes immediately go to the window by the front door and she's not there. And there's all these things that I, I didn't even realise I did half the time, you know. Um, and, God, she was just such a darling little dog. She was a little rescue dog, a Heinz 57 that um, we got in Philadelphia. She was unwanted by her owner. I don't know how she could be unwanted because she was the most gorgeous-looking little pup. She really was. And she travelled with us basically around the world. She moved from the States where we got her over to Singapore and then back to the UK. She got her doggy passport, that's for sure. And, um, you know, it, it was a really, really hard decision to have to make because... You know, she didn't die in her her sleep. And I think that's that's what I kind of wanted to talk about, the struggle of when you know your pet is reaching the end and not wanting to play God, really. Yeah. Trying to make that decision with wisdom and some kind of emotional detachment because you've got to do what's right for the animal, whether it's cat or a dog or whatever family friend it is. And that's I think that's really key is, you know, when you've had them for so long, they really are a member of the family. That's what I was going to say. I mean, 15 years. How old was your youngest when you, you first got her? Yeah, I mean, from, from very young. In fact, my daughter Jemima, bless her, she, I didn't want another dog. Never did want another dog. We had, loved our dog, Basil. My Pesky little daughter, she did a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and actually interviewed members of the family and put them on tape and put this whole comprehensive thing together. She was about, I think, 11. No, 9, 11. I'm terrible with numbers. But she was really young. And I, it was so compelling 
that the reasons that we should get an, another dog as a companion for Basil and and all these other things, we're like, oh, all right, let's go to the rescue shelter, which we did, and thank goodness we did because Maisie was truly a wonderful little dog. Was not a bad bone in her body. Over the last, oh gosh, maybe even four or five months, I mean, we joke Liz and I about her day snoring when we've been recording or. Or her, fa- her farts that could literally clear a room. I even miss those. I miss well, I'm not farts. sure about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so last last week um, I had got back from this trip and I could tell that, she, you know, she was just a little old lady. She wasn't, the, you know, occasionally she could have a little bit of drive with her. But, you know, over the past few months she's not interested in going for a walk. She's not interested in, you know, shaking a toy and who would be if you're, what, 90 plus years? Mm. You're not going to be in that place. So I went to the vets the day, the day after I got back. They ran some tests. They could see she was dehydrated. She hadn't eaten for a long time. I felt really bad for my friend Tony. who would had her for a week and poor Maisie had been chucking up almost every day. And then I asked my friend who is a vet, Julie, and she said, you know what? She's not eating. She hasn't got the quality of life. It probably is time. There might be things that you can do, but is it right to do them? Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you've got to say goodbye. So talked it over with my husband, decided that it would be Saturday. Um, but in the meantime, we put her on fluids, on an IV um, at the vets. And I wouldn't let her stay overnight because I wanted her home with mm. us because I knew she'd be really scary. But my friend Julie said, well, at least it'll give her lucidity. You know, it'll make her less confused, less anxious in her last few days. And then... The other question was, what do we tell the kids? Because now that our kids have left and they're at college and working and living abroad, how you can't just phone them up and say, Maisie's going to go this weekend because we're not with them to support and guide them through it. So, I mean, obviously I was heartbroken, but I was thinking, well, at least, at least if I can feed them a breadcrumb that things are not going well. Hmm. At least if I can give them something to start processing that I wouldn't send this message if things were okay. Good advice. Yeah, and that's what I would say to anybody Mm. um, because afterwards they said to me, we had all day, Mum, you know, to just process this, have a bit of a cry. We expected a phone call and we were dreading it but ready for it. So that's what I did. And actually, we had planned that it would be Saturday, but then we got blood test results back on a Thursday. And she was clearly so weak by that time, hadn't eaten, wasn't drinking, disinterested. And I just said, all right, we'll do it today because my husband was home and I wanted someone to go with me. Oh, gosh. Well, you know I'd have been there otherwise. I know you would. I, 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 I know you would. James was there. Yeah. And, you know, he loved that dog too. He loved that dog so much. They are part of the family i think when they're there all the time they are part of the family we just just get on with it don't we they they're like yes they're like this quiet presence exactly and when they're gone it's it the atmosphere in the house has changed absolutely it's it's different and i keep sort of thinking i'm going to hear her name tag tinkling on the water bowl <laughs> or i you know i keep <laughs> But it's good to talk about it. It is. Just give me a minute. I will. I will. Yeah. But this is is what I think, as you know, I've got two dogs. I lost one 
a few years ago and then we, we got another dog, not quite the same. We didn't get quite the same presentation. It was me that decided because the other dog was so lonely. But it, it, that decision is really important because it does affect everyone in the family. Mm. And I, I, I didn't really realise that, actually, when I got a dog. And, you know, whether you choose to not replace but add another dog or cat to the family, that's a, that's a big decision too because I do feel like for the first time, and I know eventually I will, I will grapple with my mm. emotions and I'll start feeling the freedom of not having to ask you to pop it in and yeah, or get give her somebody some to food dog sit. Or, yeah. yeah and the expense of the dog sitting because i won't put her into a think of kennel. the positives i'm i'm not ready to yet <laughs> no, i can understand i will be ready but there are of course there's freedom mm-hmm. and 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 so on that will come from that um but you know after we uh, and the vets they were so kind so kind mm-hmm. and actually when we put up when we had our other dog basil um put to sleep it was in the garden it was during covid it was such a visceral experience that i think we were all massively traumatized so i'm really glad the kids weren't with us Mm. but actually it was very very peaceful you know Maisie had a little sedation and i could feel her go from this panting um anxiety to just this soft deep breath and it was very gentle and it was kind of very beautiful actually you're starting me now. Yeah, I know. I took CBD before I went. Oh, <laughs> I think it helped. I do. Mm. And then um, James and I went and got fish and chips afterwards because I couldn't cook. And we just wanted comfort food. Yeah. And we just got mm. fish and chips. But when we got home, without even telling each other, and I think this is quite wise, actually, I had put her dog bed and all mm. her things into the garage. And he had done the same um, upstairs, we she always slept in our room, but on a dog bed, and without saying anything to any to each other, we had done that. We kind of protected ourselves from what it might look like when mm. we got home, and we kept her collar and her name tag, of course, which was gone into this like giant martini glass with Basil oh. stuff. So I still feel like she's around, and I clip. This is another tip I would give to anybody saying goodbye to their to their loved pet is to clip a bit of hair. Yeah, I, I clipped some hair in the afternoon and I popped it into this. <laughs> I've got this breath mint tin that I put Basil's hair into Aww. and now I put her hair into it too and they're both together again. Aww, and as lovely. my daughter Felicity said, the one thing that really comforts her is that, you know, she feels like the two dogs will probably be together in, in doggy heaven. Uh, and, and some really nice messages from people um, through mm. Instagram. Linda Magistrate, who is the um, founder of the Good Grief Trust, she was so sweet. She reached out and we we're actually interviewing her in a in oh god in a couple a of days. days yeah. And she said this there's a lovely charity called the, the Blue Cross that are mm, really, yeah, really good. Cross, yeah. And I think I think people react in different ways. Like for me, the next morning I was up at 4 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And I spent uh, it sounds callous, but it wasn't. It was it was a protection of my emotions. I just cleared out all the drawers, all the dog food. I put the the her blankets and her toys and her dog bed covers into the wash, and I cleared it all up and I I scrubbed the drawer so that it was clear. So I didn't have to look at it and I moved things around and moved furniture and plants. Oh, yeah, so I don't have to look at the space. I don't want to look at the space. I don't want to see where the dog bowl was, and I've packaged it all up and it's all going to a dog shelter. So I feel like, especially right now, when there's you know people really struggling, all that dog food. 
all those blankets, all those toys are going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. and, and hand them all on. But, you know, there's, there's things I miss. Like today, I, I went to go and play tennis and um, in literally every jacket and every coat pocket <laughs> I've got, there's a poop bag <laughs> everywhere. They're constantly in the wash. They constantly find it. And I know that's going to trigger me every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's this thing I think called reticular activation where, you know, if you're looking to buy, I don't know, a Mini Cooper, all, you see Mini Coopers all the time. Right now, all I can see is dogs everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah. seeing puppies yeah. and dogs mm. and things like that. So, but would you get another one? No, no, no. I it's absolutely wouldn't. Time in, yeah. No, I'm. I, you know, I love my travel, mm. and you know that I can travel with my husband, and I'm. That is a freedom that I don't have to think where shall she go. Even just an overnight, it adds um, some spontaneity back into our lives because. Yeah. The times that I've gone out the door thinking, right, I've just left her some treats. I've made mm. sure the lunch is in the bowl. She's got fresh water. I've, oh, and locking the doors. Mm. Locking the doors all the time. I keep going to check that my patio door is locked, mm. but I don't, I'm not opening it anymore. Yeah. And I actually had to remember yesterday, open a window because this house is not going to get fresh air anymore until spring. <laughs> <laughs> but it may be that you, you know, you're traveling at the moment because the kids have gone and you can't, you know, go with, with James but it may be in, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, you, you may want another dog. It's, it, it's sort of different there. times in life. I think, yeah. Because when... you are definitely a doggy person. No, not literally not a doggy person. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> you, are, <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are a person that loves dogs. Yeah. And I, you yeah. Know, I haven't seen you without a dog. I've well, known you without a dog. I but... haven't known me without a dog yeah, for so, years and years yeah. and years. But, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, maybe it's, it's just a little I, bit of time. I would be open to it. Maybe like, I don't know, 20 years' time when mm. I'm not, you know, travelling all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, never say never. Never say never. But, you know, either you do a Liz and you go out and get a, a puppy <laughs> that is now three in their prime. So, you know... My two are always there for you. Thank you. Barking away. Thank you. <laughs> Bouncing away. That is so reassuring. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's goodbye to our gorgeous little Maisie mascot for the podcast. I'm um, going to miss her terribly, but um, it's something that so many of us will go through. Yeah. And, and understanding that it's a grief like many others, I think it's important to recognise and get, just give yourself a bit of time. I don't think I've did the right thing by putting a fresh photo of her on my screensaver. Oh, no. I'm not sure that was my best choice. No. But, um, yes, yeah. I'll do a little scrapbook, do a little, put, it, put a nice picture in a frame for the kids at Christmas or something like that. Oh. But uh, Hopefully it's anyway. been good for you to talk. It has, actually. It has. Mm. I am emotional about it, mm, and I, I know tell, that I'll yeah. get triggered time and time again. But we'll she's in a better it. place. Yeah. That's that's what you got to think. It's she was in pain. She was suffering, and and you know you were able to do something about it. Yeah, and maybe I'll get a good night's rest now. She's not snoring so loudly. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it from us. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends, and please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 